Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Hot Takes. Thank you so much for joining for our last show of 2023. Very, very excited for 2024 and all the new things that will be a part of this show, that will be brought into the show, and just the overall excitement level for what's about to come. I want to thank you all for listening this year, and I'm looking forward to seeing y'all next year but before we do that we gotta close out this new this year out on a good note before we go into a new year so let's go ahead and get right into it because a lot has happened first and foremost first up we have the russell wilson and the denver broncos situation so this was a really big one (laughs) apparently the broncos told russell wilson a couple weeks back after their win from the chiefs that if he didn't, you know, change the injury guarantees and things like that, which we already know he signed that huge contract last year where they traded for him, and that's how Geno Smith got the star and how Noah Fan, all those picks ended up in Seattle, and then Russell ended up in Denver, right? We said it was a very pretty much lopsided trade at that time, and especially as the season progressed, we thought perhaps the Seahawks were on to something, especially since Russell Wilson seemed to have regressed tremendously throwing only for 16 touchdowns last year 11 picks and then the Broncos obviously were disastrous you know only inching to a 5 and 12 record overall so not exactly what the Broncos had signed up for not what they had expected they were getting when they acquired Russell Wilson that's for sure because they felt like they were only a piece away but clearly we saw it seemed that they had more than being a piece away (laughs) so we get into this year they bring a new coach in Sean Payton and we're thinking that there should be a lot of changes and there has been the the Broncos started off pretty rough you know they were like one in five to start the season but they have picked it up they won like four or five games in a row Wilson Wilson had turned it around he's had he's 26 and eight on the year for 3,000 yards he threw for over 3,000 last year as well but you know, it took them a long time to get there because they just were not very good, you know. Quarterback ratings up, everything. So it's looking like he turned the corner. He showed he still had a little bit more of the tank than we thought. Even when they beat the Chiefs, you know, he still did everything he could to ensure that that was possible by throwing three touchdowns, you know. So when this report came out the other day that the Broncos had threatened him basically that if he didn't remove his injury guarantees that they were going to bench him, which – Ultimately, that's what they ended up happening. And, you know, it's it really is a bad showing on the organization. But, yes, we did, you know, I mean, I definitely did as well think that, you know, Russell Wilson was washed, you know, Seahawks were on the right track. And especially with Geno Smith, how he had played with the same talent, you know, DK and Ty Lock and then the piece they acquired in the draft. Of course, you were thinking a little bit of something because the situation last year was awful. But, you see the situation this year. He's playing a lot better ball. He had them in a position to potentially compete for the playoffs. I mean, it's really slim. It was slim last week. It's even slimmer this week. But he was playing some really, really good ball, you know. So for this to come up, you know, basically they dragged him through the mud this whole year. You know, the coach, Sean Payton, has thrown him under the bus. And then the organization threatens him, essentially, that if you don't do this, then we're going to do that. Like, if you want to cut him, then cut him, you know? That's understandable. That happens. You know, these guys, they have these large contracts. You know, these teams are a lot more willing to swallow a lot of dead money. 
like for example the Matt Ryan you know situation from the Falcons to the Colts they the Falcons swallowed a whole lot of dead money you know for Matt Ryan to go to the Colts same thing with Carson Wentz going to the Colts like it was a lot of dead money that was swallowed by the respective teams Eagles and the Falcons so that's understandable but when this man is playing the best ball for you and especially since he's been in your organization especially he still was competing for wins even after you told him this when it wasn't public knowledge it really shows a lot of your organization more than anything else you know that you're willing to just cut players at whim you know that are actively helping you get to where you want to be at which is the playoffs and ultimately a super bowl you know you ultimately want to be competitive you ultimately want to win so they really did russell dirty in a sense but I do think that, you know, Russell's going to have an opportunity to go somewhere else that is going to, you know, make him, he's going to be able to show him more than anything. Ultimately, I believe he'll be able to find a place that's going to be appreciative of his skills and that he'll be able to show that he has much more left in the tank and of what we've been seeing this year more than last year. And that even though the Broncos want to give up on him and even the Seahawks, in a sense, you know, he's about to show up that he has much, he has much more left you know, be able to elevate and take a team really to that next level, honestly. Because, I mean, we're talking about a future Hall of Famer, you know, one of the greatest dual-threat quarterbacks that we've seen in the last 10 years. So let's not forget who he is. Like, he may not be who the, he may not be that anymore, but he is definitely better than some of these quarterbacks that are starting currently. You know, ultimately, yeah, the Broncos, yeah, he made a bunch of money with the Broncos and everything like that. But... They, that doesn't make up for their bad treatment of him, you know. Sean Payton ultimately knew that Russ was not his guy. He said all the right things. He did all the right things, you know. But ultimately, behind closed doors, we find out that that's a much different story. And that's okay, you know. <laughs> he can get his guy in there and do what he does, and then we can really see what type of coach, you know, Sean Payton is without the crutch of Drew Brees, really. <laughs> you know, because he's looking for another quarterback in the mold of Drew Brees, which... Russ and Drew Brees relatively are kind of like the same quarterback. I mean, Drew wasn't really that much of a dual threat, but size, accuracy, arm strength, you know, completions, you know, all that type of stuff. They're very similar in that. So, unfortunately, it just didn't work out here. Um, yeah, he made $127 million, they said, or whatever, you know, his, his time with the Broncos. But that doesn't make up for his bad treatment, you know. Money doesn't fix bad treatment bad behaviors really it's nice but at the end of the day I think Russ has been exemplary he still has helped this team actively win games be competitive you know bring his best even when they wanted his worst to be completely honest so I think some teams that definitely will probably be interested in Russ the Patriots I mean we've talked about the Patriots numerous times throughout this season they don't have a quarterback at all. They went from Mac Jones to Bailey Zappi. They tried to get Malik Cunningham in there, but I don't even think he played anything for them. But they really just going back and forth between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, you know, with really no clear answer between them. But then again, there's a lot of issues that we've discussed with New England. <laughs> you know, their O-line, horrendous running game. Why Zeke has been a nice punch, you know, to that running game. They don't have, he doesn't have anywhere to run to. Neither does Ramondre Stevenson because <laughs> the O line's not that good. There's absolutely no receivers, you know, no tight ends. So there's, there's not a whole lot to work with. They need to do a complete overhaul. Although Zeke, like we said, has had a nice season, 
you know, their defense has been fairly decent, so I think that could be an attractive situation to Russ. They just have to get some pieces around him because Juju Smith-Schuster is not the answer, you know. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, Juju, is he's a nice complimentary piece, but he's not the guy. We've seen that on numerous occasions. <laughs> so they get a couple pieces in there that might make that team a little bit more interesting. Um, more interesting next season. I would say another team potentially would be like the Commanders. I don't really think they're all that sold on Sam Howell. It's kind of been up and down play from him this season. So maybe bringing Russ in for a year, you know, to kind of show him the ropes, show him be professional, that type of stuff, kind of mentor him and teach him, kind of being a bridge, that could be very helpful. Then Howell can retake, you know, the starting quarterback position in 2025, right? I mean, they do have some nice pieces. They do have Antonio Gibson up there. Their D, their offensive line and D line is fairly decent. Uh, even though they did trade trade Montez Sweat and Chase Young, they do have a couple skill position pieces. They have Terry McLaurin up there. They do have um, Logan Thomas. He's pretty good, and they have Curtis Samuel, who's never really been able to be utilized properly, but he still has all the talent in the world. You know, and they should pretty much have a different coach because I just don't I don't see how Rod Rivera can survive. You know, this showing that he's given, it's just been terrible, to be completely honest. Just terrible. I think another team that should be interested or potentially could be interested that we could see is the Raiders. The Raiders have been a feel-good story these past couple of weeks, especially after all the tumultuous stuff they went through with Jimmy G and uh, former, you know, former GM and, you know, Josh McDaniels being the head coach and how disastrous that was from start really to finish. But the Raiders, they have a lot of nice pieces. I mean, they should probably bring Josh Jacobs back. He's been pretty good this year. Their O-line's fairly decent. They do have Devontae Adams up there. Their defense is fantastic. You know, um, lots and lots and lots and lots of nice pieces. Lots of things to like about it. Very attractive situation. Las Vegas, prime time. That's that's Russ, you know. That, that's who Russ is, you know, now. Anyway, <laughs> more of that type of celebrity, you know, because of who he is and who he's married to as well, you know. Sierra's a star in her own right, so that could be attractive also in that sense. But Russ is his own, you know, Russ is his own celebrity as well. So I think that could be an attractive situation that Antonio Pierce more than likely will be in the running for that position, you know, the head coaching position. So I think that the team has played a lot harder for him, with him, and through him, and we've been able to see that, that they even have a chance to make the playoffs. You know, I think they probably should have made that change a whole lot sooner, but, you know... It ended up, you know, working out the way that it did. So I think those are probably three teams that will probably show some interest. Um, as far as, you know, any surprise contenders, we'll, we'll probably see a surprise contender or two. There, there always is, you know, somebody who's shocking. I also like Atlanta, for instance. I think Atlanta could potentially be interested because I, I definitely don't think they're sold on Desmond Ritter. We know that Taylor Heineke is definitely not the answer, right? But they have a lot to like offensively on the offensive side of the ball. They have Kyle Pitts, you know, they have Drake London, they have Bajon Robinson, you know. So they have all these great guys they've taken really high in recent years that, you know, haven't really been able to see their fullest potential because the quarterback play has been subpar. Well, Russ can come in and kind of, you know, 
soak that up and solidify it a lot more than what is up there currently you know it doesn't mean that they won't be interested in you know bringing their own uh their own guy in of course but Russ could be it at least be a bridge he might just be a bridge quarterback to some you know some of these teams at this point which is you know that's fine but he he's better than what they have currently, you know. So I think those are probably four teams. I'll say four teams that should be relatively interested. So we got the Patriots, we have the Commanders, we have the Raiders, and we have the Falcons. But any other surprise teams, we'll we'll just have to see. We'll have to see how it shakes out. Obviously, we get into the off season, which is rapidly approaching, and just kind of see where these teams are heads at. How the draft boards end up shaking out. How they feel about different things, and we'll go from there, really. But I think Russ has a lot more left to take. He's shown that this year. Definitely made a believer out of me because I definitely thought it was, you know, over. <laughs> you know, what after seeing his play last year. But he really has picked it up a notch and done a lot of great things this year. So I'm all for a comeback story, and I think he going to make that happen. So we wish Russell the best, and he's going to do his best. <laughs> All right, getting into our weekly NFL breakdown. So the first game we had was the Saints and Rams. This was actually a really, really good game. Very high scoring, very close game. Ultimately, though, the Rams came away with it because, you know, Kyron Williams once again rushed for an insane amount of yardage. You know, another 100-yard game for him. Matthew Stafford has still been flawless. Excuse me, has been flawless this year. Well, this year, well, not this year, but... Well, he's been pretty good this year, but this game, this this whole month, he has been pretty flawless. With his two touchdown performance, another three hundred yard game, and has definitely positioned the Rams to be a surprise team in the playoffs that probably nobody really wants to see. Honestly, you know, they kind of had you know their Super Bowl hangover and everything like that, but they're they're getting they're getting it right back. They get it right back. On the other hand, the Saints, you know, more of the same, more up and down play. Derek Carr was probably one of his better games. Um, he still threw a pick, but he did throw for three touchdowns. Kind of just did too little too late, ultimately. You know, just too little too late. <laughs> um, but Oliva was really solid. He had another 100-yard Plus game, Puka Nakua on the other side. What an outstanding rookie he's been with another 100-plus yard game. <clears throat> another touchdown. So I think the Saints ultimately, you know, they might move off of Derek Carr. I mean, that's that's going to be a lot of money. <laughs> but we've seen that teams are not afraid to, you know, get rid of bad money, <laughs> get rid of bad quarterbacks that they, they don't want anymore. And then you know, move on with somebody else, even if it is a huge chunk of dead money at the end of the day. So I don't think that's going to deter them. But I do think they might want to change. <laughs> they might want to change. Getting into the Giants and Eagles game, this was a lot closer than I think anybody was really expecting, but we've kind of seen the Eagles play like this the entire season, where they play these really close games that you're just like, huh? You know, really trying to figure out what are they doing. Um, But they did just enough to beat the Giants and end their three-game skid, really. Jalen Hurts and Tyron Taylor really were much of the same in this game. I mean, Jalen Hurts threw for more yards, 301 to 133 by Tyron Taylor, but they both threw for a touchdown and interception. 
you know, so just kind of average. Um, but the Eagles have, kind of, like I said, the Eagles have kind of been like this this entire year, just winning these really close, weird games or really letting these teams they really should be dominating, you know, kind of think they have a chance. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they've been still finding ways to win. I mean, it was good probably for their morale and everything like that because they had been on the three-game skid, so... We'll see if it's more of, of the same for them to come or if they're going to, you know, kind of reverse course. The Giants, on the other hand, I mean, they did play their hearts out, but it's a complete regression from last year is what we've seen more than anything. You know, Saquon was pretty decent, you know, 80-yard game, a touchdown, and Darius Slade, 90 yards and a touchdown, but they just they just have the uh, major issue at the biggest, you know, the most major position in the league which is the quarterback position, you know. Uh, Tommy DeVito time looks like it's pretty much over. <laughs> uh, Tyron was able to come right this ship, but, you know, the Giants have a lot of questions to ask themselves, especially why in the world have they regressed so much. <laughs> that would probably be the biggest one because they have just regressed a lot from the team that we saw, you know, have a coach of the year candidate, saw Danny Dives play his best football since we've seen him be in the league and everything. They just, I don't know. <laughs> Well, the Giants have just been really, really disappointing from what we were expecting, even though we probably weren't expecting a whole lot, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, getting into the Bengals and Steelers game, uh, Steelers, Mason Rudolph, George Pickens, that that's it. <laughs> Mason Rudolph and George Pickens game. It was good to see Mason Rudolph finally get his chance to show that he is more than capable of, you know, being in this league, being a starter, being a backup, whatever he needs to be, really. He came out, he put on a show, uh, and so did George Pickens. George Pickens was amazing. <laughs> Almost 200 yards on four targets, you know, and two touchdowns. And Najee Harris was good as well with 19 carries, 78 yards, and one touchdown. So it was good. To, it was definitely good to see. Definitely good to see, you know, that when it's your time, it's your time, really, you know, and show that you still have a whole lot to give, right? On the other hand, the Bengals, I mean, Jake Browning was just awful. <laughs> he threw three picks. He threw for 335 yards, but he threw three picks, and that was ultimately the deciding factor <laughs> outside of Mason Rudolph and George Pickens going off. You know, T. Higgins, he was solid. He gave him a touchdown, 140 yards, but throwing three picks is a lot to overcome for the Bengals. I mean, you know, they only scored in one quarter the entire game, so it's just a lot to, you know, try and overcome ultimately for a team, so. Uh, They've been good, but I mean, ultimately, I do think that some of the magic is running out for the Bengals. Unfortunately, I mean, stuff, losing Joe Burrow was going to always be a really tough ass. That was going to be a tough thing for them to overcome. And I think we're kind of starting to see that a little more these past couple weeks. You know, they do have a bunch of talent and stuff like that. But ultimately, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. Yeah. But they should probably still make the playoffs. They're just not going to make a deep run. That's all it is. That's all it is. Raiders Chiefs, very good game. Raiders continue to play hard for Antonio Pierce. Aiden O'Connell was just okay, but they still came away for the win. 
He didn't throw any touchdowns. He had less than 100 yards passing, but he still uh, was able to come away with the win. You know, Zamir White was amazing on the ground, 145 yards. And the Raiders just have a different swagger, a different vibe to them ever since they have been able to play under Antonio Pierce. And he's really been able to lead them somewhere more than they felt more than they were going when they were under Josh McDaniels. It's just a different vibe in the locker room, and you see how excited this team is to play for him and play through him, really. So, they may not make the playoffs, but, man, they've been on a hell of a ride, and they've done a hell of a lot of work to get to where they are. Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand, yeah. <laughs> they they in trouble. <laughs> they've been in trouble all season, I mean, but we've definitely seen it in recent weeks that there really is no receivers in Kansas City. Travis Kelsey seems to have lost a step or taken a step back for sure. And Patrick Holmes is no longer really able to overcome that. You know, he can't just take anybody and make them great, you know. Because his receivers just not just not good. It's just bottom line. You know, Rasheed White, who they drafted, he's nice, but he's, he's time to develop. Skymore has been... Mainly a bust. Marquez Scantling has been kind of up and down for him this year. And really really missing in big moments or missing out the big play on the big play in those big moments that they really need him to be in. Um, yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes can only do so much. I mean, yes, he's out of this world. He's not from here, but... There's only so much he can really do, you know. He had a touchdown, but he had an interception, and they just they just looked out of sync, really, the entire game, to be honest. They just looked completely out of sync. Kansas City is in some serious, serious trouble. Cardinals versus the Bears. So we got to see another Justin Fields showcase. He was okay. I do think that he is giving Chicago some run for their money about really should they draft a quarterback or not. Because he did throw for a touchdown. He did have an interception, but he had 170 yards. No Kalir Herbert was able to give him 112 with a touchdown. And then Komet, Cole Komet, was able to give him 170 yards. I think the Bears just really have to figure out what they want more than anything. Do they think that another quarterback is going to be better than Justin Fields or not? You know, I mean... I think he kind of is starting to turn a corner a little bit. I know that we kind of say that every year. It seems like he's turning a corner this year. He seems like he's doing it. It seems like he's doing that. But it really seems like there is a different change that is about this year. So maybe he just needs they really just need to give him another year. You know, but then again, you know, you don't want to miss out. If he does, he does, or he doesn't really do anything else. You know, he kind of just stays the way he is. It's like, uh... You know, maybe they should have drafted somebody, especially if you have the number one overall pick, you know. Not that you ever want to have that, but if this is a chance for you to draft, you know, a life changer, then it makes sense, you know. I just think the Bears, they just, they've kind of had to have him in and out the lineup this year. They've had to play their backup probably more than they would like, than they would have liked, you know. Um So they just really try to figure it out. And also that goes for the Cardinals as well. You know, Kyler Murray was out majority of the season he's come back with a vengeance but I mean it's just really not been enough because there's just not enough there's just not enough talent around him unfortunately you know he's not had enough time to really be in his the system that they're in right now 
he did throw for two touchdowns. He had over 230 yards, you know, but they just – he has to have more time in the system. they got to get some pieces around him, you know, an actual number one wide receiver because, uh, you know, James Conner, who's their running back, led them both in rushing yards with 45 yards and in receiving yards with 67 and a touchdown. That's not good, you know. You want the running back to be involved in the passing game, of course, but, like, you want your receivers to also be involved a whole lot more. They're your receivers for a reason, you know? So, it's a tough thing. It really is. Um, But, ultimately, they're going to have to get another, they're going to have to get another guy in there for sure. And actually get him a number one receiver to actually work with, you know. Kind of like when he had D-Hop, but somebody that can learn and grow with him and learn and grow in this system more than anything. Then we have the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Honestly, the Cowboys just gagged this game away, to be completely honest. You know, they reverted back to those same old Cowboys, you know, the fumble on the one-yard line, making poor decisions offensively, not tackling defensively. Just let them have whatever. You know, Jason Sanders going for almost 40 points in fantasy is insane. But I was appreciative of it because I needed every last one of them points last week. But, yeah, this just Cowboys just really were disappointing more than anything. Reverted very much back to what they were. You know, last year people say they're the same old Cowboys. I mean, Dak was nice, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Tony Pollard has really been more down than up this season. Um, it's his new number one over the new you know number one overall role at the running back position. C D Lamb has been C D Lamb, you know, another hundred yard game touchdown, but then they stopped giving him the ball, like which just doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> they had kept giving him the ball, which is, he, he's your best player, you know. One of the best players on the field and we're not passing him the ball is crazy. You know, but GG to the Dolphins, you know, they, they did enough to win. Like I said, Jason Sanders went absolutely insane. Tua, very good, 293 yards, a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, they did quiet him a little bit, but he still had 46 yards. And Tyreek Hill had nine receptions for nine, 99 yards. You know, Dolphins are just really creative offensively, defensively. You know, they're really sound and solid. And ultimately, they just made one more play than the Cowboys did. You know, the Cowboys have not been very good on the road, unfortunately, which can be very problematic come, you know, January, February, when you are going to probably more than likely going to have to go on the road if you're trying to progress, you know, going forward. So getting to the ultimate goal where you want to be at. The Dolphins, on the other hand, you know, like I said, they played really solid ball. They were able to really silence the critics that say they can't, you know, beat a team that's, you know, over 500 and everything like that. They, they show they can even if it comes out to the last moment, you know, the last second field goal, they still were able to get it done ultimately. And that's really all that matters. So Dolphins, as we know, they've always been a team that's, excuse me, to be feared. <laughs> you know, you don't want to see them in the playoffs because they they have so much creativity, so much speed, so much athleticism, and their defense you know, is going to get after you. So... You're going to always be concerned about that. But the Dolphins, yeah. Dolphins are amazing. <laughs> Getting into probably the biggest game of the week, the Ravens and the 49ers. Great, great game. I think it was way different than people expected. Brock Purdy was awful. <laughs> awful. Four picks, you know. 
He could not get anything going, and that's ultimately was the San Francisco 49ers' downfall. He couldn't get anything going in the four picks. You know, Christian McCaffrey was Christian McCaffrey. He had another 103 yards for a touchdown. George Kittle was George Kittle. Another 126-yard game. But ultimately, Brock Purdy ran into the Ravens' defense, which is a top three, top four defense in this league. And they just put it on him, you know, and he could not overcome it. He could not get over it. Ravens, on the other hand, fantastic, fantastic game. They were able to silence a lot of people saying that they were just going to basically be bulldozed by the 49ers, and they're not they're not as good as the 49ers or anything like that. They showed they're just as good as the 49ers, if not better. They're better than the 49ers, as a matter of fact. You know, you can go back and forth on who the best in the league is, but I think you have to give a slight edge to the Ravens because they do have an MVP candidate in Lamar Jackson, who is also a former MVP. You know, I do think he probably snatched it away from Brock Purdy in this game because Brock Purdy had such a terrible game. If we're just looking at the MVP being a quarterback award, that is. But Lamar had 252 yards. He had two touchdowns. He was great on the ground. You know, gave him another 45 yards. He had about 300-plus total yards for the game. Zay Flowers was great. You know, their defense was just amazing, you know. Just turning a quarterback completely into a turnstile, essentially. Because he, every time he threw the ball, he was getting picked. Four picks is just never good. The Ravens are the team to beat. That's just point blank. Team to beat. Patriots, Broncos. So, just talk about the Patriots and the Broncos a little bit, right? Patriots won a game, finally. Because <laughs> it seems like it's been a long time. But they were able to make a lot more plays than the Broncos. And especially after everything we found out about the Broncos in the past 48 hours. You know, it's a surprise Russell Wilson was even playing to compete for this team to win, but he still gave him 238 yards, two touchdowns. He he had him right into the very end. He was giving him everything he had to the very end. You know, but ultimately nobody else really came with him. Um, you know, their defense just allowed the Patriots to make really one more play, and that was a deciding factor. You know, that was a deciding factor. They did have Julio McLaughlin. Sorry if I mispronounced that. But he only had 37 yards, and Marvin Mitz Jr. only had 63. So there was no really no Cortland Sutton. There was no Jerry Judy action, which, you know, they're two main factors. Bailey Zappi, on the other hand, 256 yards, two touchdowns. Zeke only had 27 yards, and Mario Douglas, 74. But they were able to make one more play. And we saw that in another game this week where it was just one more play. And ultimately, that one more play was the deciding factor. We saw that in the Cowboys-Dolphins game, as a matter of fact, where it was just one more play. <laughs> Giants-Eagles games, one more play. Because <laughs> the Giants really could have won that game, you know. But one more play was the deciding factor. That was it. Jaguars and the Buccaneers. So, Buccaneers, we've been able to see Baker Mayfield have a career resurgence to the point that the Bucks are interested in re-signing him in the offseason. He had another great game. 283 yards, two touchdowns. Rashawn White came off for another 39 yards in a touch. And Mike Evans has been fantastic, but he's Mike Evans. 86 yards, two touchdowns. The Buccaneers are a team that have been able to really come together this year and, you know, really support and really uplift Baker, you know, really embrace him. To the point that they've been able to really been able to move past, you know, Tom Brady era and all that great stuff. 
and get into this Baker Mayfield era, which has really started off with a bang, you know? Baker may not be what anybody expected to be, but he's certainly no bust, and he's certainly no failure. You know, it's just about, all about being in the right situation at the right time, and he has found his right situation and his right time. Jaguars, on the other hand, have just been falling apart at the seams these past couple of weeks, and Trevor Lawrence got injured in this game, <laughs> and he, I don't believe he's playing this week. That's coming up, but he did have a touchdown, but he had two picks, and ultimately that was that was the deciding factor, those two picks. You know, they just could not get anything going. You know, they were shut out in the first half. He was their main, you know, rushing yard leader, which is never good <laughs> when your quarterback's the main person. And then Evan Ingram ultimately had 95 yards, so he was able to kind of come along with him for a little bit, but it just wasn't enough. The Jaguars have been falling apart of the seeds for the past couple of weeks. Nothing to call home about. Shoot, Fanafag has been more embarrassing than anything else, so. I, I think if the Jaguars do make the playoffs, uh, they're not going to be anything that anybody fears. But there'll be a first. There'll be a first round bounce, because <laughs> the team is just they're they're just not there this year. They're not. They've they're another team that has regressed significantly than what we expected from last year. Then we also have the Lions and Vikings game. So Lions Vikings, Lions not the same old Lions, not the same old Lions. Jared Goff only threw for a touchdown, but it was really the defense because they got Nick Mullen into four interceptions. We saw another four-interception game this week. So the defense was able to be fantastic. Jameer Gibbs carried 80 yards, two touchdowns. Amon Ross, St. Brown, 106 yards, a touchdown. These are not the same old Lions. They are in the playoffs. They are feeling it. They are in the best position they've been in the past couple of years, and they are going for it all. The, the Lions have been absolutely fantastic. And I said this in week one that this was going to be a completely different team from what they put on with the Chiefs. <laughs> I saw it then. We're seeing it now. They're going to the playoffs, and they are a team you do not want to see at all. Dan Campbell has the boys playing amazing ball and playing for him and playing for each other. Vikings, on the other hand, they've kind of been in a little bit of a free fall since you know, Kirk Cousins' injury. Joshua Jobs was in there for, you know, a little bit. Rocket Man, and everybody's really excited. He was playing really well. Then it kind of came crashing down. They tried to get onto the Nick Mullins trade. You know, he did have two touchdowns, 411 yards, which is fantastic, but four picks is not good. Justin Jefferson with Justin Jefferson, 141 yards, a touchdown. Ty Chandler, 17 yards, and a touchdown. So they really didn't get anything in their running game, but everything in their passing game. But ultimately, the four picks was the deciding factor. And I think Nick Mullins is probably going to be benched for this upcoming game this week. So they're just kind of just playing quarterback, quarterback, draw. <laughs> Trying to figure out which one sticks. And so far, really, none of them are sticking. You know, Josh Dobbs is the one that was able to stick for the longest so far. So... But they don't seem like they're too interested in him anymore. So, <laughs> Commanders, Jets. Commanders, just rough for them. Rough, rough season. Lots of changes that need to be made. Like finding a quarterback for foremost. If they don't believe Sam Howell is the answer, then finding a quarterback, getting rid of Ron Rivera would be another one. <laughs> um, 
But Jacoby Brissett, he did give a touchdown, 100 yards. Chris Rodriguez Jr., 58 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. So he was pretty decent for him. And Terry McLaurin only had 50 yards. But they only gave him the ball three times. That's just that's just not going to do, you know. He's definitely your best player on that offense right now. So you've got to get the ball into the, your best playmaker's hands. Um, Trevor Simeon. He gave 217 yards, one touchdown, one in pick. You know, Brees Hall was really the star while they won. 95 yards, two touchdowns. That that tells you why the Jets won. He also <coughs> chipped in another 96 receiving. But that was the main reason that the Jets won. Brees Hall, two touchdowns. Absolutely fantastic in a bright spot on an otherwise sad Jet team this year. You know, one of the bright spots for sure. Colts, Falcons. So, the Falcons, you know, so they made the switch to Taylor Heineke this week. He was able to bring a different vibe, a different flavor to the team. And ultimately, that was what, that's ultimately what was helpful. Taylor Heineke, he threw for 229 yards and a touchdown. John Robinson was able to get really, really involved this week. 72 yards rushing and another 50 through the air. So about 125 plus yards total, something like that. Or, yeah, don't worry. About 120 something yards total, not 125. 120 plus yards total. <laughs> but it was decent. I mean, Falcons, they just, you know, one week they're really good and one week they're incredibly frustrating. That's just, that's just been the, that's just been the vibe this entire season. They're up there now. They're up there now. They're up there now. You know, frustrating. Colts, on the other hand, you know, since Anthony Richardson went down, they've had Gardner Minshew, who's been able to kind of keep the ship rolling. They just lost his game this week, you know, because this is one of the weeks that the Falcons was up, <laughs> you know, so they gave it everything they had. Kyler Granson gave, you know, five receptions, 62 yards. Jonathan Taylor was great, 43 yards, a touchdown. Gardner Minshew, he had over 200 yards, but he had a pick. So pick, any pick is hurtful, you know, ultimately. Any pick is hurtful. But the Colts, I mean, they should make the playoffs. Um, they're probably not going to go as far as they would like, you know, because they are going to need Anthony, Anthony Richardson for that. But they'll be back. They'll be back. He's still – Garner Minshew is still playing some pretty decent ball to even have him in this position in the first place. We have the Packers and the Panthers. Really high-scoring game. Probably one of the best games we've seen from Bryce Young. He had 312 yards and two touchdowns. You know, Chuba Hubbard gave another 43 yards and a touchdown, and DJ Shark Jr. was fantastic. 98 yards and two touchdowns. But ultimately, they just ran into a Packers team that is starting to figure it out a whole lot more than they were in the beginning of the season. So, ultimately, they did pretty, pretty good. But the Panthers, they've just got to get more protection and more pieces around Bryce Young, and that's their star. And that's their franchise face. they got to get... The right players and the right people around him ultimately so he can be to be the most successful that he can be. You know? But they played hard, they played really competitive. It's just a diff it's just been a difference since they let Frank Wright go. And they played differently, they've scored more points, they did a little bit more figuring it out, but it just you know, it's gonna take more than just this season. That's all it is. Jordan Love on the other hand, he's shown that he belongs, that he had been building and building away for his opportunity. He was ready. He's more than ready, as a matter of fact. 
219 yards, two touchdowns. Aaron Jones, fantastic, 127 yards. Romeo Dobbs, 79 yards, no touchdown. Packers, they're going to be something to be dealt with more next year than this year. But we've seen the progression. We've seen the work from week one to week 16 this is. Just like we have for all the teams, but we never really knew what to expect with Jordan Love because we didn't really see him play a whole lot. Wasn't really sure what he was about, but we've been able to see that, you know, in recent weeks and see that he's really starting to figure it out. Things are starting to slow down a lot for him. And let, let's, let's get into it. The Seahawks and the Titans. It's another good game. Um, Ryan Tannehill was able to come back because Will Levis was hurt, but he just kind of just gave average play, 152 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Derek Henry, 88 yards, one touchdown. Um, and receiving, we had – ooh, I can't even pronounce that. <laughs> I don't want to – do not want to push Ching Oziba Okonkowo. Okonkowo. Ooh, I feel like I, def- I definitely butchered that. But he had 63 yards and a touchdown, so that was solid. Rushing and receiving is very solid. Uh, even, you know, Derrick Henry threw that pass to him. So, you know, Derrick Henry was more successful quarterback than Ryan Tannehill was. But, uh, you know, Titans, they just been all right this year. Well, all right in the sense that, you know, they've, they've been able to find their quarterback in the future for sure, Will Levis. But... Their record has just been terrible. <laughs> They're, they've not even really been an up-and-down team. It's just they've kind of just been a team that, you know, just been all right. <laughs> not really a whole lot to say for them because they've just been all right, you know. They gotta re- They're probably going to end up doing a rebuild. You know, we're probably not going to see Derrick Henry in, in, in tight uniform next year. Nor will we probably see Tannehill. Matter of fact, we know we're probably not seeing Tannehill. He still wants to start somewhere. Not really sure where he could really start or be a spot start at. Maybe the Commanders, maybe the Raiders, maybe some of those posi- the middle, some of those same places we're saying for Russell Wilson. Maybe those places take a look at him as well. But the Titans have a lot of work to do <laughs> to get this retool, rebuilding off the ground for sure. The Seahawks, on the other hand, very competitive game. Gave another had another Geno Smith had another two touchdowns. 54 yards on the ground by Kenneth Walker the third, and Tyler Lockett gave 81 yards, but just another game that keeps him in the playoff hunt, playoff race, you know. And Drew Lock had a lot to do with that last week with his incredible performance against the Philadelphia Eagles, especially with that 92-yard game-winning drive. <laughs> then we had the Browns and Texans. So Browns, Joe Flacco, I mean, dude has been amazing. There's really nothing else to say. He's been amazing. And this was the Amari Cooper game. 265 yards for two touchdowns. Need I say more? You know, Amari Cooper game. He just completely went off. Joe Flacco, like I said, has been fantastic. 368 yards, three touchdowns. Two of those went to Cooper. He did throw for two picks, but it shoot, it didn't even matter. You know, Jerome Ford, amazing. Gave another 25 yards. He gave a touchdown on the ground as well. The Browns have just, they've been able to really do some things. You know, you thought that once Deshaun Watson went down and then, you know, DTR went down and, you know, oh, my goodness, what are they going to do? And you don't really know what Joe Flacco has left. And Joe, Joe Flacco that came in and showed a whole lot that he has been playing some ball. <laughs> a 
Like, seriously, he's been playing some ball. Cleveland's, Cleveland's going to be one of them teams in the playoffs. They are. They have an incredible, incredible defense as well. So, not going to be a team you want to see. That is for sure. On the other on the other side, other hand, they had Davis Mills start because C.J. Stroud was out, you know, with a concussion still. He was just okay. Uh, another 149 yards. He threw for two touchdowns. Devin Singletary, 44 yards. Dalton Schultz had 61. This team has just changed a lot because, you know, Tank Dell is now out, which was, you know, C.J. Stroud's favorite target. It was very, very much a dynamic player on this offense. We just, they just don't really have that anymore. Um, you know, the C.J. Stroud being out doesn't, doesn't help. But, you know, they'll be back next year more than anything because they'll, they'll have those pieces back. Well, I mean, C.J. Stroud will return probably, C.J. Stroud will probably return within the next week or two as they try to, you know, finish their playoff push. But Tank Dell just being down hurts them a lot because they miss that dynamic, dynamic threat that he was, that he provided, really. And then we had the Bills and the Chargers. So, very close game. Very de- very decent game, actually. You know, the Bills have really been able to turn it around since they fired their offensive coordinator. You know, Josh Allen has been able to will the Bills back into being a potential wild card. You know, they're playing a lot better than their record indicated, which we always knew they're playing a lot better than their record indicated, ultimately. Um... He threw for 237 yards, a touchdown, and interception. James Cook, 70 yards to the ground. And then Gabe Davis went off, 130 yards, one touchdown. I mean, we hadn't heard anything about Gabe Davis these past couple weeks, and Josh Allen was able to find him and make things happen. So the Bills are a team that, while they're incredibly frustrating <laughs> and they do up and down play, they really have put it all these past couple weeks. I mean, you got to give props where props are due. The Chargers, on the other hand, I mean, they're not expected to do a whole lot. I mean, they fired their head coach. They fired their GM. Justin Herbert's out with injury. Easter Stick came in and did all he could. And they gave him 215 yards. Austin Eckler gave 65, but he more than likely is not going to be on the Chargers next year. And then Joshua Palmer gave 47 yards. I mean, for the Chargers, it's just they always have the talent every single year, but they never execute. That That's always the thing for them. They always have all the talent. They have the Mike Williams. They have the Keenan Allen. They have this amazing offensive line. They have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Asante Samuel Jr. and all these fantastic players on both sides of the ball and Justin Herbert, you know, and then an offensive guru apparently, you know, but then they never, ever execute and they always have 50 million injuries that they just ultimately are never, ever, to overcome, ever able to overcome. And that's just another thing this year, you know. So, it's... It is what it is for them, honestly. Chargers are just, they're going to probably, you know, cut some of those higher contracts that they have on their team and have to retool around Justin Herbert when he does come back and find the coach that's going to be able to bring the best out of Justin Herbert as well. But that is it. That's all I have for y'all today. Thank y'all so much for listening, tuning in, liking, sharing, doing everything that y'all do. I appreciate y'all way more than y'all know. Thank y'all so much for all the love and support shown this year and in previous years. I'm excited for 2024 and what is going to take place then. But thank y'all so much for this year and always listening, tuning in, liking, sharing. It's only up from here and I appreciate all the love and support again. Thank you all so much. I love you. Y'all take care. Happy New Year. Peace.